Good morning. This is Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling, where we explore the lives of people who've been called to various types of ministries in their churches and in their communities. Today, we're here with Reverend Lanita Monroe, and Lanita is at Fairfield Glade United Methodist Church. At Fairfield Glade, they start Sunday mornings with a traditional service at 815. There is also a later traditional service if you want to wake up a little bit later on Sunday mornings. Come to Fairfield Glade at 11 for a later traditional service. And then at 930, there is a contemporary praise and worship service. And so Fairfield Glade has lots of options for you and would love to see you. Introducing you to local church and community leaders, The Calling. Thank you, Lanita, for being with us this morning. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you're here because it's uh, it's always fun to talk to female clergy. Uh, there are a few of us out there, but mostly it's still, you know, a male-dominated field. And so we want to just learn a little more about you. Tell us what you were like as a child. Oh, as a child. I was the third daughter. Oh, my. Yes. That's a lot of girls. It's a lot of girls. It's a lot of estrogen. In one has- household with a pastor father and Christian educating mother. Wow. So church was very much a part of my growing up, even though daddy worked for the general church, not did, just yeah. for the local church. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yes. All right. Yes. So as you were growing up, did you know the books of the Old Testament when you knew your ABCs? Oh, no, because we're Methodist and we don't do those kinds of things. <laughs> you know, we don't do the, the speed um, tests and yeah, all of that. The Bible drills. No, yeah. no Bible drills. More. Um, did we know who who God was through Jesus? Love it. And did we know that we were loved, not only loved by our parents, but also loved by God? Oh, I love that. So your dad worked for the general church. What does that mean? Tell us a little. Daddy was the director of children's ministries for the United Methodist Church. So daddy worked at what is now known as the Board of Discipleship in Nashville. Wow, that's exciting. Daddy's the reason we have children's sermons in churches. Very nice. Yes. So you're the third Mm. of three girls. Are there other siblings? Nope, just the three of us girls. Wow, and you're the baby? Yes. Were you babied? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) The three of us are as different as three girls can be, having been raised in the same household. We probably wouldn't know each other if we weren't related. Isn't that funny Yeah, that can happen? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, very nice. Where did you grow up? I grew up actually in Nashville. Okay. Born in Richmond, Virginia, and moved to Nashville when Daddy took that job. And so... Yeah, Green Hills was still a cow pasture when I was growing up. Isn't Nashville crazy now? Yes, it is. It's amazing how it's grown just in the last few years, the last five years. Yes. Yeah. Do you miss uh, Green Hills, Green Pastures of Green Hills compared to what Green Hills is now? I do. Uh, The house I grew up in has been torn down in a massive mega mansion has been built there. So the little ranch style house of... The 1950s and 60s is gone. But yeah, Green Hills has really changed. Huh. My high school, Hillsboro, is still there. The church I grew up in is still there. Very nice. So those things haven't changed. Do but. you ever have like the, the desire to just go knock on the door and say, hey, I grew up here. Can I look at your house? <laughs> <laughs> I went mostly just to see if the trees that, that we planted as children and you know the yard that I grew up mowing and all that to see if that was all still there. And it is. It is. Okay, it is. very nice. You know, mm-hmm. they do that sometimes on those property shows on on TV and stuff. It's funny to see how that 
how that happens. So uh, as the baby, were your sisters good to you or did your sisters, uh, were they brutal? Did they make you braid their hair? And no, no, it's real funny. We Yeah, because they were closer in age and school age together, mm-hmm. even though technically we're, we're each two years apart. But because they were just a year apart in school and then I was three years behind them. Oh, okay. So we didn't really cross over paths a whole lot. Yeah. And um, no, I had a I had a blessed childhood. That's awesome. I mean, I did. And I know I did. Do you have any vivid childhood memories that stick out to you? Yes. I grew up because of daddy's work. We would go to Lake Junaluska, North Carolina oh, in wow. the summers. And for me, it was always an amazing trip because we would go for two weeks and daddy would teach lab schools. In other words, he would teach Sunday school teachers from all over the South and he would have them in class for some time period. And then they would take what they had learned. And then us kids who were there would be the guinea pigs for what they had learned. And I thought every child, I thought all my friends had summer vacations like that. I didn't think about going to Disney or, you know, going on trips to the beach because I got to go to Lake Junaluska. And I thought I think I was 12 before I figured out that my friends went to other places. Wow. Yeah. So for me, that was just one of the the best times. So for our listeners, if you've if you've never been to this part of North Carolina, you drive through the Blue Ridge Parkway getting there. And it's it is absolutely lovely. So, um, yeah, if you're listening and, and you haven't been to. Lake June, Alaska in North Carolina. Treat yourself and go. It's worth the drive. Very much so. It's beautiful. I'm Denna Hornby. You're listening to The Calling, and we'll be back in a moment. I'm Denna Hornby. We're back with The Calling, and our guest today is Reverend Lanita Monroe. Lanita is the senior pastor, the lead pastor at Fairful Glade United Methodist Church. Fairful Glade would love to see you at Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 11 for traditional services. And then their contemporary praise service is at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. Lenita, you've been telling us about growing up the third daughter in a house of three girls. And both your mom and your dad were uh, clergy people in the church. They 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 were part of this huge uh, church institution yes. that took up uh, a place in your heart, settled in your heart. So uh, would you would you say uh, being in the church was the family business at your house? <laughs> in many ways, yes. I mean, we were we were the kinds of folks that whenever the church was open, we were pretty much there. Yeah. Um, mom, mom did the director of children's ministries and and the young children's school at the church. And so, yeah, if I had a sick day from from school, I was at the I was on a cot in the bathroom. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. At the church. Church was second home. So how did you know in your life that that you would be a pastor? Did you feel a calling young? Was it older? I, I never thought I'd do it. Which which is which is common, I think, especially when you succumb to a call later in life. I, I like the word that you use, succumb. Uh, yeah, you have <laughs> eventually you have to give up and say, "Okay, God, I am listening." Because most people do run from a call to ministry. It's like, no, 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 God, you I must don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You're, I am not the one you are calling. I am too shy and too scared. I am not going to get up in front of people. I was wonderfully happy being a part-time church secretary 
because I was in that environment that I loved, that was second home. I could do what I needed to do to help in ministry. And I was happy. My children were um, in preschool and it was great. And no, God said, you have to come and do this. And I said, but wait a minute. I have not gone to college yet. I am 36 years old. I have two young children. No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And and the nearest I could, could relate it to was like sand in your sandal. Like you've been to the beach and there's this annoying thing there. Yeah. And until you deal with it, it's going to stay there. It wouldn't let you go. It won't. No. Mm-mm. What did your kids think about mommy being a pastor? I was blessed. My children were just way over it. They thought this is okay because they had always been in church. Right. So it was not a stretch for them. Do you remember your first sermon? Um, I remember my first sermon at Fairfield Glade because yeah. that was that was my first appointment. Yeah. Actually, straight out of seminary. How does it feel walking into the pulpit for the first time? Terrifying. Two hundred people sitting there, and and I I wasn't ready for them. And so I had studied and worked and tried and white knuckle holding on to the pulpit and preached what I thought God had told me to preach. Yeah. What's what's the difference between that first time and, for example, this past Sunday? Um, It's very different now because I am not behind the pulpit. I craft the sermon, reading, studying. What does this word need to say to who these folks are? Not what do I need to say about what I've learned about the text? Absolutely. Yes. And, um, and so often the sermon then becomes a story that sheds light on the scripture and how that then connects to our present day life. And so it is very different now. I, I hope I am more relatable than I was as that brand new seminary student terrified to preach to to an older congregation that is very learned. So, right. Yeah. Right. It's very intimidating. Yes, it can when be. When you're in that situation. Mm-hmm, yeah. It can be. Do you have any favorite scriptures? Well, my favorite scripture is Psalm 121, which okay. I'll be doing a devotion on. Oh, excellent. Well, we're oh, going to get yeah. to hear that in a moment. I'm mm-hmm. glad I'm glad I asked that question. Yes. It's nice to know that's your favorite scripture. Yes. Um, as as you experience being a, a clergy person in Middle Tennessee, what do you feel like is the most rewarding part of that job for you? The most rewarding part of being a pastor in Middle Tennessee. I think it's because of where I am in Fairfield Glade, because it's a massive group of people that have come to Tennessee by choice. They're not just folks that grew up in this area, but it's a mixture of people. And so so Fairfield Glade is blessed by the cultures that have come to be a part of that congregation and that community. And so I I have a much richer insight into who folks are really in the country because of, of who they are at Fairfield Glade. You have your own little melting pot in the Glade. I do, and I am just so blessed to Isn't be there. Isn't that wonderful? Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as you are there in the Glade, do you experience a lot of tourists? Do people come like in the summer? Especially in the summer and then at holidays. But summer from Memorial Day to Labor Day, we have this 
this turnover and are feel invaded and you know our quiet little village is no longer ours and yes it can be very difficult but at the same time that's the lifeblood of the glade absolutely yeah and then also during the holidays the families the children the grandchildren come and for me that is that is so important especially to the folks that are in our congregation to have their families present and involved in their lives there so with your dad working for the general church and and uh being the impetus for children's sermons and then your mom working in children's ministry do you do a children's sermon we do not have any children in um fairfield glade in that church i used to do children's sermons because my children and another pastor's children were the only children and then we had two or three that kind of grew up in that church, but they're all now young adults. Oh, isn't that wonderful? That it is. That they it grew is. up in that church. And Fairful Glade, for the most part, is a retirement community. It where is. Where folks come to settle. That's why you have that beautiful melting pot. Exactly. Of, of rich uh, experiences that people bring with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So. That's exciting. Um, stay tuned for more. We're going to hear more from Lanita Monroe, the lead pastor at Fairful Glade. United Methodist Church. When we come back, she will share her favorite scripture with you. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. We're here with Reverend Lanita Monroe from Fairfield Glade United Methodist, and Lanita would like to share a motivational moment with us. I'm reading Psalm 121, and it is from the New Revised Standard Version. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not smite your, strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. I first came to know this psalm when I was a child and our family went to the outdoor drama in Cherokee, North Carolina that is called Unto These Hills. And I asked Mama why it was called Unto These Hills, and she said it was because it's from Psalm 121. And the drama itself is the story of the life in the mountains for the Cherokee people before the settlers came. And then through the integration and life with the white settlers and then also into the Trail of Tears that was the Indian Removal Act from North Carolina to the reservations in Oklahoma. And so for me, this image of unto these hills and how this people had really um, looked to God. And for me, it was indeed the God that I believe in and how they sought God's help through all of their struggles. And Psalm 121 can often be told as a prayer for folks who are journeying, for a soldier who's being deployed. Um, And then also just for me, it is a daily prayer that I really try to look at because I know that if I don't rely on God, I can mess up on my own big time. And so 
coming back here to the Upper Cumberland, I more and more have come to realize and rely on who God is and my relationship with God. And the more that I walk into that relationship, then the stronger that relationship gets. And so often I will carry this image with me of a hiker at the foot of the mountains with a backpack on and standing there seeing a dirt path wind up into the overgrowth and kind of leaning on the walking stick and thinking, is it worth going into the dark unknown or is it safer to be here on this level ground in the open area and then realizing that God is in both places and that if we are willing to walk into the unknown, God is our help. God is our protector. God has provision for us. And so relying on God, because so much of life is like walking into that unknown, it can tear us in different directions. It can cause us to be anxious. It can create a whole lot of stirring of chaos. And so for me, just to remember that the God who made heaven and earth is the God that walks with me through all of life's chaos. So if I'm smart enough to remember that, then I realize I take myself out of the middle of a whole lot of things. If I am being faithful to God's leading, then particularly as a pastor and a pastor in this day and age, it's not an easy job and it is way too easy to put my own agenda in the middle of things. And so that's why Psalm 121 has become a daily prayer for me. Who do I follow? Who helps me? Who is my protection who gives me provision and that is God the Lord who made heaven and earth the God who made the mountains whether it is the mountain that we physically are climbing or the one that we decide to go and hike on fun because it's our day off that God is the one that is there leading and and that's an image that of all the times when life becomes chaotic, when decisions have to be made, I can take myself out of the middle and say, God, you are the one who who leads me on this path and help me then to do what you need me to do. Help me then to be the vessel that you need me to be. And. I may not make the popular decision. I may not do what a lot of people are happy about. But for me, what I know is I have tried very hard to be faithful and be faithful to the one who calls not only me, but all of us. And so um, somehow that's easier up here on the Upper Cumberland. When we are surrounded by these beautiful mountains, I can say, from where does my help come? It was kind of hard when I was in Shelbyville those five years because all we had were rolling mount, you know, rolling hills and valleys. But up here on the mountains, they're so beautiful. Um, I can look up and I can say, from where does my help come? So I hope this has helped folks to hear not only who I am, but also who God can be in your life. And so I offer this word that look to the mountains because God is always in the mountains. 
as well as on the level ground. Um, and may he lead and guide your day and your coming in and your going out now and always. Amen. Amen. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. And this morning, we're here with Reverend Lenita Monroe from Fairfield Glade United Methodist Church. And Lenita, this is my favorite segment because I get to ask you all sorts of wild and wacky questions, and you have to answer them. And I have to answer them. I have to come up with an answer. <laughs> no so passes. It's so much fun. Actually, you do get one free pass. Okay. You can, you know, pass or plead the fifth, whatever you want, because, you know, we don't want to incriminate the good Reverend Monroe. So um, let's let's start with this, an easy one. We'll we'll bring you in kind of slowly okay, to this good. segment. We're coming up on National Donut Day. Do you have a favorite donut? Well, yeah, and I really loved the Krispy Kreme here because it was closer than the one in um, Nashville. Yeah, but um, I will say, I recently was on vacation in um, Cape Cod area, okay. and there was an it was called an autumn nut. Autumn nut. I have no idea what it was. An autumn nut donut. Yes. It was it was a cake donut mm. and it was rolled in this nut crumble and it was maple and oh. pecan and it was crusty on the outside and tender on the inside. Yum. And it was sinful and I loved every bit of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Lanita, who do you have on your playlist on your phone? On my playlist on my phone? Mm-hmm. I actually don't have a playlist on my phone. What? No, I'm not that techie. Okay. But I have um I have a flash drive in the car. Okay. And so I have um I have pretty much unknown singer-songwriters from Nashville having I love that. grown up. Austin Cunningham wrote a wonderful piece called With His Arms Wide Open. That has been recorded and um, beautiful faith story. But then if I'm going to do a little country, then I have Mark D. Sanders, who wrote wonderful songs that like No News and Daddy's Money and stuff like that. Old stuff. Wonderful. Lenita, if you had a superpower, Mm. what would your superpower be? My superpower. I would, I would, I would love to to be able to create a a world of of non anxiety. So I would have, I mean, because I I try to do that wherever I am, anywhere, but mm-hmm. to be the non anxious presence. Okay, very nice. So, um, Lanita, you're down to question number four. This is easy. Oh wow! Yeah, what's the best advice you've ever been given? Probably as a pastor, I will do that since that's why I'm here. The best advice I've ever been given as a pastor was um, was really to always make sure that you are faithful. Because because as long as we're being faithful to God and to what we believe God is calling us to do, then that helps us deal with anxious people, angry people, hurting people. And it also always takes me out of the middle of things. And so so to, to be faithful. Right. Yeah. So. Okay. Last question. Oh my. Yeah, You've made this really easy on me today. Well, good. Okay. So, um, if you were arrested for a crime, what would your family say the crime was? 
My family would say that the crime would be, my daughter might say one thing, my son might say another. Okay. Um, My son, William, would say that my crime was texting while driving oh no you must have, never do that Lena. i know that's why that's why he would say that and and that's why i try not to do that yes no 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 she doesn't do that if, <laughs> if you are here and you're listening you know on your uh on your radio and you are a tennessee state trooper or a Pittsburgh <laughs> police officer she does not text and drive no because well, William tells her not to. That's right. And also Thanks, I have William. I have also discovered that according to psychology today, we cannot really multitask. I believe that. We can do one thing that takes our brain and then we can take do something else that is an automatic. But texting and driving are not an automatic thing and a concentrating thing. Yes. They are two concentrating things. So having learned that, I really don't do that. Yes, excellent. Yes. <laughs> and if you're listening right now while you're driving down the road, put your phone down because you're important to us and we want you to be safe. What would your daughter say? Lee would probably say that I um was not paying attention. Okay, like another traffic violation? Yes, it would be another traffic violation mm. because that's what they would do with me. And so often when they were in school and I would go make a hospital call after they'd gotten out of school, um, I might have driven a little faster than I should have driven. But only like two miles per hour, right? Correct. Yeah, not yeah. 15. That's why I have cruise control. <laughs> Thank goodness. Cruise control is really hard, though, when you're going 35. Yeah, mine, mine doesn't, it doesn't work, work then. 32, yeah. And so often I'm, I will go 40 and a 35, and that's just scary. Yeah. Because I try yeah. not to do that. Yeah. Lenita, you have been an absolute joy. Thank you for your time here today. Uh, I'm so excited that you're in the Upper Cumberland, and I'm very grateful that you've discussed your years in ministry with us and, and told us about your calling growing up in a house where you had uh, religion all around you, mm-hmm. not running from that, but running into it. And so thank, right. you, thank you for discussing your calling. Each week, we'll introduce you to members of the community who followed their call to serve. I'm Denna Hornby, and this is The Call.